Hello, and welcome to the Equiline Podcast. I'm Dr. Wendy Corin. And I'm Dr. Dave Lundquist. And today we want to talk about palpation. Palpation, the art of touch, the ability to get input from the horse, the dog, the cat, human, whatever it is that you are looking to gain information from in a biomechanical healthcare method. And number one for us, and it always has been, is palpation. Palpation is one of those things. It's, it's a real difficult subject to teach. We can talk about it. But until you actually get out and experience it, this is definitely one of those times where you cannot confuse knowledge with experience because you've got to get out there and you've got to put your hands on as many different animals as you possibly can and palpate, feel motion underneath the skin, feel vibration, feel lumps, feel bumps. Uh, there's so many different things to access through those fingertips using your fingertips, using your whole hand. So there's a lot of palpation to teach. One of the things we did when I was first in school 40-something years ago was begin with improving sensory perception. And we would palpate a strand of hair and literally put the hair on a table and feel until you were certain you can tell where that hair was, what the length of it was, thickness, and then begin to put the hair in a book between pages. Can you actually feel it and develop sensitivity? And as Dave was saying, different types of sensitivity. Can you feel and determine the difference between, go extreme, an ice cube and a warm stone? You know, yes, most people can. Well then, how can we fine tune that? Because before you touch an animal with the intention of learning, you have to have an open enough mind to take in information not impose what you expect on that animal. And I mentioned about different using different parts of your hand for different things. Like temperature is best felt with the back of your hand, not with the front of your hand, but actually with the back of your hand. That has more temperature sensitive. Whereas pressure sensitive, you want to use your fingertips because that's more pressure sensitive. If you want to get more of a access of a broader area, then you're going to put one hand, one whole hand on, or sometimes we even use both hands together and have one hand stationary and move the other hand along the body and notice if there's fibrillations or what we call uh, moving it, it moves at a different site. Just because your hand's here and you start palpating in a different area, sometimes you'll, it will ripple have the, what we call the ripple effect, and you'll feel it all the way under both hands, even though you're palpating from one side. Did and I explain that well enough? Well, that was... That was <laughs> I kind of wrapped you know, that around a couple times. You necessarily seen us talking, but you know the amount of processing Dave was doing in order to be able to explain touch in a podcast, because even when we're with you, 
and hands-on, and I'll place my hands on a dog and go feel this, most people cannot. And it's not that they have a different sense or that I have an enhanced one, it's practice. You know, if, for, for the riders out there, I have to look to see if I'm on my left lead or my right lead. That's not good. It's just, I haven't got that feel down, but I can often feel temperature, feel inflammation before I put my hands on the horse. The question I'll get is, how did you know to touch there? Why is your hand between the scapula of that dog? Uh, I rarely get that question. Uh, yeah, you do. I, <laughs> but why does your hand go right to that? Because information is coming in from these animals to our fingertips from as soon as we begin to approach them. Because after you've done it a billion times, the pathway of information becomes facilitated. Your neurons are more activated and it becomes easier to take in information because that pathway's already been set up. That's another lecture. For now, let's just talk about what you can do to enhance your feel with static palpation and then we'll move on to motion palpation. And this will be the entire beginning of the equine course that's coming up because I realized that before you wanna do an intervention with chiropractic or acupuncture or tape or laser or, 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 or you need to know where. Yeah, and since the animals don't talk to us, the only other thing we have access to is that palpation, the beginning of touch, just placing your hand on the animal. And, and a lot of it starts with depth of penetration because one of the things that we noticed when we were doing our, um, the American Veterinary Chiropractic Association training, the difference between the vets and the chiropractors was their ability to feel in depth of penetration. The, the vet, a lot of times the vets, because they're so used to palpating deep organs that they would be pushing so hard to try to feel a spinal bone and they're right there at the surface. So it was depth of penetration becomes a whole different process. Start off light. You just place your fingertips on it. Notice what you feel with just your fingertips. Is there, do you feel tension? Do you feel... Do you feel bubble wrap? Do you feel, do you feel vibration? You know, what comes through your fingers with just a very light touch? And I recommend, especially with a lot of horses, you start off with a light touch. If you start off with deep touch and that horse jumps back three feet and then it doesn't trust you, but that light touch helps develop that trust in that animal as well because they realize that you're not there trying to dig into them. A lot of times people are afraid to begin this and add this to their routine with their animals, whether it's a pet or a client, because they don't know the name of what they're feeling. And I'm here to tell you it just doesn't matter at all what you call it. You, you can call a muscle by its name or you can say, the back leg, it doesn't matter in terms of picking up information that's going to be useful. So for our purposes right now, 
is I'd like you to begin when you are petting your animal, dog, cat, horse, is to allow your hand to move from one area to another and take the time to say, does that feel the same or am I discovering difference in one area to the other? Am I feeling the change in muscle? And I, I um, did a post about normal feels different than abnormal. No, it is not normal to have your horse sore in his upper back under saddle. It's still not normal. So anytime you have the opportunity to feel an animal that is not sore, not acting poorly, it's like when we studied x-ray. We looked at hundreds and hundreds of normal so that the first time you saw something that was wrong, broken, changed, you went, wow, what's that? So for the beginning, I want you to just practice touching anything <laughs> that you're allowed to, um, to learn from it. And if you're aware of an animal that is not showing any signs of soreness, palpate that and then put your hands on a different one and begin to just say, wow, that was different. That's your entire homework for this podcast is to find things where you can say, wow, that's different. And practice noticing the difference between different tissues. This is muscle tissue. This is tendon tissue. This is ligament tissue. See if you can palpate the differences, especially with, with dogs. The, you know, you, the back tendons are really easy to feel. You'll be able to touch those. You'll feel the difference in tension from one side to the next. Uh, always compare both sides. Palpate the spinal bones. Can you feel those spinous processes that stick up the back, those little bumps that stick up the center of the back? Can you palpate those? Can you feel sometimes when they change angle? Because as you go down, a dog, especially like a dog's back, you'll get to an area where they call the anticlinal, and all of a sudden it feels like there's a hole or a dip. And that's the anticlinal. Can you feel that sensation? Can you feel where that changes? Watch how the dog reacts or the animal reacts as you run your hand down their spine. Is there areas that make their muscles twitch? Are there areas that all of a sudden you're going straight and all of a sudden this one's off to the side? Can you palpate the difference? Can you find that? And this is static palpation, not motion, just static. Motion palpation is a whole nother feel. And if you don't have static palpation down, you're never going to understand what you're feeling with motion palpation. The idea here is take an information. Not evaluate it, not give it a name. No, it's, I, I heard Dave say tendon, ligament. Oh, it doesn't matter if you can know if it's a tendon or a ligament. It matters if you go, wow, this part of the leg feels different than that part of the leg. Then you can look it up. That's what Google's for, or the person standing next to you. Right now, I would love it if you had an outline of a horse or a dog or a cat next to you, and you feel and you make an X on it. You're just like, here's a spot I felt was different. If they flatten their ears, turn and look at you, move away, notice where your hand is at that moment, because the animal has said to you, 
there's difference here from where you were before or after, and just make a note of that so that as you get more sensitive, you can learn from that experience. It's like, wow, I can't believe that I didn't feel that squishiness there or that spasm. If you have a horse that's really in work and you palpate down the muscle on the side of the spine, starting at the withers and going back, and you'll start to feel a difference in tone as you get behind the ribs because those muscles work harder. It's normal, just as it's normal for a bicep to feel tighter in a human than the tricep behind it because people just don't have a clue how to work their triceps. That's a whole other issue. So begin your learning process static, meaning standing still with your animal, each joint and each area, ribs, front of the chest, jaw. When you palpate the jaw on every animal and you put your hands on either side, as Dave said, feel the difference one side to the other. All you need to note right now is that felt different. The right is not the same as the left. Putting your hands on the paws or the coffin joint. Is one side squishy and one side tight? Get to know and trust the input that's coming in. It's gonna help you communicate with us so much better because you can say, I felt this, and as you're good at explaining it, it helps us narrow down on what treatment we might want to do or advise. And the soft tissue can be very difficult because there are lots of different soft tissue, there's organs, uh, the lymphatic system, uh, the vascular system. Can you feel the pulsing of the vascular system? Uh, when you put your hands on certain areas, whether it's the carotid arteries, or can you feel that sensation? Notice the difference between something that feels squishy and something that feels hot and squishy because that could be a sign of inflammation. If you notice heat and squishiness, that could be a great sign of inflammation. So be aware of as much as you possibly can, as much information that comes through your fingertips. So you're getting moisture, you're getting heat uh, or temperature, you're getting tension or relaxation, uh, you're getting squishiness. There's so many different processes or so many different things you can feel and access through your fingertips. And then you move on. And then you find out whether in motion palpation, those areas can move within their expected normal range of motion. And that's gonna be different for a six month old and a 16 year old. You, you know, the joints are not the same, the fluid within the joints are not the same, the length of the muscle is not the same. It's gonna be different in a horse that's in work and a horse at a, at a not in work, or a dog that is active and doing agility versus a dog that is a couch potato and things moving, you know, needs to lie down to eat its food. And if you have the opportunity to get your hands on all these different kinds of animals, you're gonna learn more. I don't recommend you ever do motion palpation unless you are very comfortable with that animal, that breed, and that situation. Because once you start moving it, you get an entirely different level of attention and level of 
uh, interaction with that animal. And we want to make sure that you stay safe and comfortable. So motion palpation should only be done when you are very, very familiar and competent in animal handling and you know what normal is before you try to assess anything for outside the normal range. And this is going to take time. Don't think you're going to lay your hand on a few animals tomorrow and go, oh, okay, I've got this palpation down. What's next? I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to have to put in your 10,000 hours. That's the only way it's going to work. You really have to put the time into palpation because it's definitely what we, what Wendy said at the very beginning, it is an art. It is a very specific art. And I've been around chiropractors that have been practicing for 15 years and and have them, they put their hands on me and they can't feel anything. You know, there's no, you can tell that there's no feel there. There's no ability to access information. They're just going through the motions. And that's the difference between sometimes a good chiropractor and a great chiropractor is that one that's really able to find the difference in motion and correct it. And that's, like I said, that's what takes the time. It takes the effort and it, take, it takes patience, okay? And don't get frustrated, just get fascinated. I'm fascinated that I don't know how to feel this yet because it changes your mind space. So just let it go and just keep working at it. Keep playing with it. Touch every animal that sits in your lap. Touch every animal that walks in front of you. Palpate them. Get used to palpation because if you can't palpate it, you can't find it. You can't find it, you can't fix it. So before we discuss and it will be another podcast when we discuss motion palpation i want you to take the time to watch on whatever animal it is that you want to focus on watch movement watch them turn their head to the left and to the right and can their nose touch their shoulder on both sides watch that and watch normal you need to find on youtube a normal motion for a dog, a normal motion for a horse. And then make sure it's normal because a lot of times people will be doing stretches and they'll allow the animal to tilt their head and compensate. And in motion palpation, you are using your hands to see where they begin to resist and your eyes to see how they try to cheat the motion. And you can practice yourself. You look in the mirror, turn your head to the left as far as you can, turn to the right as far as you can. Look at your shoulders. Do they try to help you by sneaking up and shortening the movement? Same thing with tilting to the left and to the right. Notice, can you tilt as far to the right as to the left, letting your hand go down the side of your leg? And if not, what do you feel? Because that's what you're gonna be looking for when you Ask the animals to move. And an extremely important part, whether I'm holding a coffin joint on a horse and doing left rotation, right rotation, I'm going to ask it to move, not demand that it moves. Because when you put in too much pressure, you are now causing an effect and you are here to learn how well does it turn to the left how well does it turn to the right? This is information gathering, not imposing your will on the animal that you are looking at. And if you're asking it to stretch its leg forward or back, 
one thing you absolutely want to make sure you're doing is directing it, not pulling it. So all of this is extremely important in your path to become an information gatherer. And well, also, you have to be able to feel segmental motion. And this is when we start getting into motion palpation. You have to be able to put your hand on a couple of different segments of the spine and move the body. Do you notice motion underneath your fingers? Is there spinal segments moving? Is one moving and not one not moving? Where does the motion stop? Because that's the lack of motion. That's where an issue is. That's what we do. Chiropractors restore motion to areas that are stuck. Stuckages. Stuckages. You have to break loose those stuckages. And again, don't poke at it. Don't attempt to move it unless you understand what's the normal motion for that. In the withers of a horse or the between the shoulder blades of a dog, the angle of the vertebra is different than it is lower down the back. So the movement is different. And if you poke at something that is straight up and down at an angle, it's not supposed to move. And if you poke straight up and down on the withers, they're not supposed to move because they have a 45 degree angle and you have to palpate, introduce motion and assess motion correctly. So this podcast was about opening up your mind to becoming a palpationist and learning from your own hands. If you have questions, if you have input, we are so happy to hear from you. So please feel free to look us up at Equiline K9 on Instagram or Facebook. And that's K9, not spelled out K9. And please enjoy your day. Start using your fingertips to learn. This is Dr. Wendy Corrin. This is Dr. Dave Lundquist. Have an outstanding day.